Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. We're going to turn to a little uh, book in the Old Testament called Nahum. Anyone heard of Nahum? Nahum is one of the minor prophets. There's 12 of them. Doesn't mean that they're kind of inferior. It just means that their prophecies aren't as long as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Anyone read Jeremiah lately? Like, it takes a long time to get through Jeremiah. I had a lot to say. Uh, Nahum's one of those little prophets just between Micah and also Habakkuk. And I'm going to read a verse from this little prophet called Nahum. I'm going to read verse 3. In fact, we've got that up on the screen coming now. Thank you, our team. Uh, here we go. Nahum, Nahum 1 verse 3, after saying that the Lord is slow to anger and great in power, in the New King James it says this, The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust. Of his feet. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. If you'd like to take notes, tonight's message is called Navigating the Storms of Life. Navigating the Storms of Life. If you don't like that title, you could use another title Lord of the Storms. Yeah, not Lord of the Rings, although he is Lord of the Rings. Not Lord of the Flies, although he's Lord of the Storms. Uh, or Navigating the Storms of Life. Uh, Nahum lived in a time of political upheaval. There was all this tension between the nation of Assyria and Israel and crisis in Nineveh. And so there was all this turmoil and upheaval, all this shaking going on. And so Nahum, in the midst of that, prophesied. And he was encouraging people that God is still at work. He's a God of love. He's also a God of power. And many of the manifestations of nature are symbolic of his power. And this little book is a source of hope and comfort to people people during times of shaking that they were going through. And so here he uses the metaphor of a storm. The Lord has his way. Even in the midst of a whirlwind, even in the midst of a storm, God is in control. God is at work. A physical storm can be a symbol or a metaphor or a type of difficult or turbulent times. And in that sense, uh, storms come to every one of us. Uh, life and storms kind of go together. Maybe you were born into a stormy family. Uh, maybe you had a stormy childhood. Uh, maybe you had some stormy teenage years. Maybe marriage has been a little stormy for you. Just look straight ahead if that's you. Uh, <laughs> my wife and I started really well. Then we started having a little intense fellowship because it took me a little longer to get her to see it my way than I thought it would happen. So... <laughs> So, you know, maybe you've had some stormy married life, married days. Maybe midlife has brought a bit of a storm your way. Or maybe the latter part of life has been a bit of stormy. How many know one moment all is well, next moment all is hell? If you've never had a storm, you haven't lived very long, or you need to get out a little bit more. The truth is, life has stormy moments. Some of you in this room today may be in a storm. Maybe it's a, a sickness that you're battling. Maybe it's a financial storm. Maybe it's a relational whirlwind that you're working through. Maybe there's some emotions that are seeming to overwhelm you. Worry, fear, guilt, shame, resentment. Maybe your, uh, your job is a bit of a stormy place. 
at the moment. Maybe even your ministry uh, is in a little bit of turbulence at the moment. And when storms happen, you know, sometimes we, we don't actually know where they're coming from. Uh, one, day, one day David was feeling a little depressed, and in one of the Psalms he says, Why are you so down, O my soul? He's trying to figure out. I'm feeling really bad. I've got this storm of negative emotions. And he's going, why, why, why am I feeling bad? So when you're in a storm, sometimes you're not sure. Where, where did that storm come from? Uh, we're not quite sure what its source is. And so it takes some wisdom and some prayer to discern where a storm may be coming from. And as we go through the message today, I'm going to look at a number of different places that storms can come from. We're going to look at a couple of biblical examples, because if we can prayerfully discern the cause of a storm, we know how to handle it and how to work through it and to find peace in our lives. The first storm that we can go through is what I would call a storm from the enemy. Uh, there are many forces at work in the world, and some storms, some difficulties in our life are an attack from the enemy, trying to stop God's purposes in our life and to hinder us and our journey of faith. It's not an example in Mark chapter 4. If you've been around church for a while, if you've read your Bible, you're probably familiar with this story. Mark 4 verses 35 to 41. Uh, Jesus has been ministering all day. He's a little exhausted. He says to the disciples, hey, let's get in the boat and how about we go to the other side of the lake. Uh, the story goes, they get in the boat and then in verse 37, coming up on the screen now, Mark 4 verses 37, a furious squall. Uh, one translation says, a gale storm of wind, a fierce gale of wind came up and the waves broke over the boat so it was nearly swamped. Uh, Jesus is asleep, it tells us. And then it goes on in verse 39 on the next slide. Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Why do you have no faith? And they were terrified saying, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Uh, this storm is so intense that even the experienced fishermen are freaking out. <laughs> if you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, it's not a huge water mass, but the winds would often come up and incredible storms on that lake. They are freaking out and Jesus is asleep in the boat. He's not bothered by the storm and they wake him up. Here Jesus rebukes the storm, says, be quiet, be still. And Jesus transforms this great storm into a great calm. Isn't it great to know that Jesus can turn our storms into a place of peace and a place of calm? Jesus has power over the storms of our life. How do we know that this is a storm from the enemy? Uh, Jesus rebukes this storm. Uh, Jesus is not having a go at nature itself. But Jesus obviously saw behind this physical storm that there is an enemy at work. Jesus had already faced the devil in the wilderness. Remember that temptation? Three times the devil tried to trick him. And it says at the end of those three temptations, the devil left him for a more opportune time. 
In other words, that wasn't the only time the enemy was trying to attack Jesus. He was looking for another opportunity. And it seems like here Jesus is asleep in this boat. And who knows, maybe the enemy had worked with the natural forces and was trying to sink Jesus and the disciples in the middle of that lake. Jesus discerned behind this storm, the enemy's trying to get at us. And so he rebukes this storm. And this storm suddenly calms. And sometimes in our life, we're actually doing God's will. We're doing the right thing, and things get a little stormy. And we can think, well, maybe I shouldn't have got in this boat. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have decided to go to the other side. How many know when things are stormy, it doesn't mean you're not in God's will? Sometimes we think if we're in God's will, everything's going to be calm. They're actually in God. Jesus said we're going to the other side. And how many know if Jesus says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side? Just because you're following God, just because you're a Christian, just because you've asked Jesus into your life, doesn't mean life's going to be calm. There's this storm that breaks out, and they're doing God's will. They're heading in the right direction. But Jesus discerned that this storm was from the enemy, and he rebukes this storm. Now, when it comes to the devil, Satan, spiritual warfare, we need to avoid two extremes. One is over preoccupation with darkness. How many know every church has a demonic Dave? <laughs> Not a Bayside. Other churches I visit, and apologies if your name is Dave. But you know, demonic Dave, it's a little cloudy. Oh, spirit of oppression over the city. Someone coughs. Come out in Jesus' name. It's a black cat. Devil's on the prowl today. Someone's a little cool. Watch your back. Watch your back. There's always a demonic Dave where everything's a spiritual attack. And they're more focused on the darkness than the light. We want to avoid preoccupation. On the other extreme, we want to avoid uh, an ignorance that there is an enemy. Uh, every church has a skeptical Susan. <laughs> Not a Bayside, and apologies if your name is Susan. Skeptical Susan says, ah, all this devil, Satan, demons, stuff. I mean, seriously, you know, everything has a natural and a psychological explanation. Anyone remember Keith Green? Am I showing my age here? He, he sang a song from the devil's perspective called, No One Believes in Me Anymore. And the, and the verse was, my job gets getting easier because no one believes in me anymore. So when it comes to spiritual warfare, spiritual activity, we want to avoid overly focusing on it. On the other hand, we want to avoid actually being ignorant that there is a spiritual battle going on. And some of the storms that come our way are actually from the enemy trying to stop us getting to where we need to go. Uh, when I was a kid, and I've shared my story before, I had a lot of uh, insecurity. I was pretty shy, um, struggled with confidence. My face would turn red like my hair used to be. And one of the storms that I faced, as soon as I stepped out to kind of serve God, was a storm of fear. It wasn't a physical storm, but let me tell you, this emotion of fear would paralyze me. And, you know, a certain amount of nervousness is okay, you know, you know, anytime you're doing something for the first time, you're a little nervous. You know, a lot of people are like ducks, calm on the surface, paddling like mad underneath. You know, it's okay to be nervous, but I found this fear was paralyzing me. And I had to push through. I had to rebuke and come against this fear to do what God was calling me to do. Then you get a little comfortable. Then God opens a new door of opportunity and fear was there again. 
So I don't know where you are in your journey today, but maybe you're facing a storm that is the enemy coming against you, trying to stop you. You're heading in the right direction. You're doing God's will, and he's sending stuff your way to stop you from pursuing God. We can rise up. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the conquering of fear. How many know it's easy to be courageous when everything's calm? (laughs) Yeah, I can trust God when the sea is calm, but what about when everything is stormy, everything is shaking, uh, everything's battering us left and right? It's easy to despair. Uh, It's interesting in this story, Jesus didn't deliver the disciples from the storm, but he brought them through the storm. I'm not here today to say you'll never have a storm, but I'm here to say whatever storm you may be in, Jesus wants to bring you to the other side. The storm will not overwhelm you. Uh, One of Jesus' uh, followers, James 4 verse 7, he says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resisting the devil means there will be attacks. There will be storms the enemy sends your way. But we've got to submit to God. We've got to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. The storm will come. We will get to the other side. That's one kind of storm that comes into our life. Nahum, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. Some storms are from the enemy. Let's look at a very different storm now, a second storm, a storm from God. Sometimes God sends storms. You go, where's that in the Bible? Good question. Let's look at the story of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 4 to 12. You might have heard this story. God told Jonah to go preach at Nineveh. He wasn't too keen on that particular prophetic word for his life. And so Jonah goes the other way. He gets in a ship going the exact opposite direction. And as he's in this ship, everything's calm. Now, here's an interesting one. Sometimes you're actually not in God's will and everything's going great little deceptive. Yeah, everything's fine. He's heading south. God's saying go north. He's heading south. He's in this boat. It's all cool. It's all calm. Everything goes good for a while. But let's look at Jonah 1 verses 4. Jonah's heading the wrong direction. Verse 4, then the Lord, who? The The Lord sent a storm. Whoa, this is a different kind of storm. New Living Translation says the Lord hurled a storm. I love that. I love that. Just kind of, you know. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. What is an interesting story. God's sending this storm because Jonah's going the opposite direction that God wants him to go. Sometimes when we're not obeying God, not following his direction, things can go all right for a while. But as I said, favorable circumstances are not proving that we're in the will of God. Obedience is what proves that we are in the will of God. And when we're going against the known will of God, sometimes he sends a storm. And so Jonah's running away from God. How many know this wasn't a storm for Jonah to rebuke? He, he, he hadn't heard of Jesus, but he couldn't do a Jesus here. I rebuke this storm in Jesus' name. Like, like that's not going to work. Because <laughs> this storm's actually God sending a storm. Uh, in this storm, he needed to repent, which is unfortunately a, a kind of misaligned word. It's actually a really positive word. Uh, repent means you're going the wrong way, and it's not just stopping, oh, God, I'm so sorry. 
No, no, repent actually means to turn around and start heading the right way. It's a very positive word. The only way to calm this storm was not to rebuke it, but actually to turn around and start going in the right direction. Start going in the right direction. Uh, if John would continue to resist and go the other way, as someone once said, he was in for a whale of a time. It's a really old joke, but... Uh, Anyway, God in his mercy gave Jonah a second chance to obey and to fulfill his call. God sent a storm and a great fish, a whale, a sea monster, we're not sure, that brought him back to shore. We've all, who's, who's heard the story of Jonah and the whale? Come on, you've been to Sunday school, you heard Jonah and the whale. Uh, there's a lot of debates today in our modern world about this story. Um, did it really happen? Jonah in a whale. Uh, some people like to draw attention to modern examples of people being swallowed by a fish and surviving. Other people suggest this whole story is fiction. It's a, it's a literary uh, genre where someone's writing a story of fiction to teach truth, and it's not historical. It didn't happen. Other people have ingenious solutions, like suggesting Jonah recovered from his ordeal at sea and spent three days and three nights at an inn called The Fish. That's pretty clever, isn't it? Takes a little twisting of the text. Other people just go, well, I mean, this author records this peculiar event. As a matter of fact, low-key manner, without any attempt to exaggerate it, maybe it was a miracle. Of course, Sunday school teachers like to have a lot of fun with it. Anyway, I'm not here to tell you um, what's the answer to all of those options. I think the key thing for us is to actually go, what's the meaning? <laughs> we can get caught up in debating all those things. Uh, what, what's the meaning? What's the message? The message is uh, Jonah's running from God, and God sends a storm, God sends a whale, and he actually gives him another chance, another opportunity as he turns around and surrenders to God. Uh, have you ever been in a storm that maybe God sent your way? It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Ever kind of faced a storm because you were actually disobeying God or maybe not following God's direction? Now, the truth is most of us in this room aren't tempted to rob banks or do drugs or be a terrorist. Most of us. But sometimes we can subtly just kind of do things our own way. Uh, I told a funny story uh, here at Bayside, and if you've heard it, apologies, I've only lived one life, so I do have limited material. <laughs> I still remember when our oldest son, Josiah, was just a little boy, and he was doing a puzzle uh, on the living room floor, and I came in to help him. And uh, he goes, I can do it! And so I said, sure, catch, catch you later. And so I went to the next room, did something else for a while. Eventually, his frustration level reached a certain point, and I felt a little tug on my jeans. Hey, hey, Dad, could you help me? What do you think I did? Now you had your chance. No, I said, sure. I said, sure. And we came in, and we did the puzzle together. And, you know, God really spoke to me through that story. See, life isn't about God taking over and doing the puzzle for us and us doing nothing. Life is a interaction between God and us together. And sometimes when I go, I can do it, God just kind of leaves me. <laughs> Ever been in a meeting where you wondered where God was? Maybe you were leading that meeting. <laughs> and I found in my life, when I don't pray, what I'm basically saying to God is, I can do it. And he goes, okay, catch you later. And I have had many a storm in my life because I'm going, I can do it. <laughs> 
And God just kind of leaves me to my own devices, my own wisdom, my own ideas, and, and things get a little messy. And so I'm learning not just to go, okay, God, it's all yours, but to do life with God. And what a difference it makes when I go, hey, God, I got this message, but what do you want to say? And could you speak with and through me tonight? Hey, God, we've got this decision we need to make. God, would you give us wisdom? When you involve God in your life, what a difference it makes. But when we kind of go our own way like Jonah or ignore his advice, sometimes we end up in a storm that God's sending to us to get our attention because we're heading in the wrong direction. Are you facing a storm today that maybe God sent? Maybe on the outside or maybe on the inside of your life. You don't rebuke this kind of storm. You turn around, you get going in the right direction. A third type of storm is not from the enemy. It's not from God. It's a storm of our own making. It's of human origin. Some storms in our life are because of decisions we or others have made. Let's look at an example in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27. Uh, amazingly, if you read the book of Acts, there's two chapters that are about a shipwreck and a storm. It's actually an amazing piece of writing. Luke is one of Paul's companions, and he's on this ship, and he describes this incredible storm in amazing nautical terms, and it's, it's, it's an incredible study just from people who are into boats and navigation and storms. But uh, you may have heard the story. Paul is a prisoner. He's going to Rome, and the weather's a bit bad, and so their journey is delayed. Uh, they want to get on the ship and get going, because the quicker they get to Rome, the quicker they get their money for all their goods. There's economic issues here. And so Paul actually warns them and says, let's, let's not go. The weather's too bad. Now, how many know Paul had already had three shipwrecks? So he's probably going, you know, guys, let's not do this right now. I mean, he's had three shipwrecks. He's hung on a plank overnight. So he warns them, maybe just through his own wisdom. I've seen this before. Or maybe God spoke to him. We don't know. But he says, let's not launch out. But the majority rules and they head out in this boat. And off they go. Let's, uh, and when, when they leave, there's uh, verse, uh, Acts 27, verse 13. It says, a gentle south wind began to blow. Everything's great. And then look at verse 14 coming up right now. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force <laughs> called the Northeaster swept down from the island. And the ship was caught up by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo over. Then in verse 20, it says, Neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. We're talking about a storm here. A storm here. Paul had told them not to, not to go. <laughs> he had warned them. Uh, they spent two weeks in this storm. Two weeks in this storm. And eventually they shipwrecked on an island, and the ship was totally lost. But amazingly, everyone lived, everyone survived. It's quite interesting how God worked through this storm, even though it wasn't God sending a storm, it wasn't the enemy sending a storm, they had just made some poor decisions. They ignored Paul's advice, and this dangerous storm came, and their greed to get to Rome as quick as possible actually caused the whole ship to be lost, and they ignored a word of wisdom from Paul. 
sometimes in our life we, we make decisions that may not be that wise. Maybe we ignore guidance from others and we end up in a storm that's really of our own making. We didn't take on counsel. We didn't do the research. And we may have left God out of the decision. We end up with a mess uh, that we've actually created. Or other people have made decisions that created. Well, what does Paul do? Does he rebuke the storm? He doesn't do a Jesus in this one. He doesn't get up and say, I rebuke you. He doesn't rebuke the storm. He doesn't turn around because he's, he's not. God actually wants him to go to Rome. So this isn't a storm to rebuke. It's not a storm to get on the right track. It'll be fixed. No, he had to throw himself on the mercy of God And thankfully, although the ship was lost, there were consequences for the decisions they made it through. Uh, Paul actually doesn't uh, say that God said, oh, well, you you got yourself in this mess, get yourself out of it. How many know, as we read in Nahum, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. No matter where the storm comes from, even when we are the cause or others are the cause of the storm, if we allow God to, he has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. I could tell you many stories of storms that I've created (laughs) as a leader, you know, just uh, maybe making a decision a bit quickly or blindsiding people, not not preparing them or uh, making a change too quickly or doing the right thing, but it could have done it a better better way. Many times I've had storms that if I'm honest, I go, well, you know, I, I probably participated in that. Uh, we've shared back uh, in May, we did a series on money here. I shared about a financial storm Nicole and I found ourselves in where we bought this apartment off the plan through some advice and we didn't read the fine print. And the second year, this lift maintenance fee kicked in, which was exorbitant, and suddenly we were in this financial storm where we were, we were really under financial pressure. Uh, I, I couldn't rebuke the devil. Uh, it wasn't God. We, we just made some decisions without reading the fine print. I know you've never done that, but I just thought I'd just be a little open today, a little honest. Sometimes we just... We make some decisions, and there's a bit of a storm there, and you can kind of blame and whatever, but the quicker you actually go, you know what? (laughs) I made some wrong decisions. You can't go back and change the past. You can't go back and remake the decision, but you can make some decisions now to get back on track, and you might even lose the ship, (laughs) but you know what? You can get through that storm. You can get to the other side, and so maybe you're here today, and You're in a storm that maybe you contributed to or partially to. Uh, That's something that takes a bit of humility and courage to go, okay, um, I've got to admit and take responsibility for it, seek to put things right, but don't delay that or sometimes the storm actually keeps getting bigger if we won't admit and take responsibility for what we may have contributed to the storm that we may be experiencing. So these are a couple of possible causes. I'm sure there's many, many more. But a couple of different causes of the storms that we go through in our life. Sometimes there's an enemy sending a storm our way. We're in God's will. We're going in the right direction. And the enemy's trying to stop us from getting to the other side. Sometimes God's sending a storm our way because we're heading in the wrong direction. We've disobeyed him. We're not following his leading for our life. Other times, like Paul, what a horrendous experience for Paul. Two weeks in the midst of this incredible storm. And it's not God, the enemy, it's some other people made a decision. 
and it's had consequences. I'm sure there's many other causes of storms where stuff just happens, and we're not really sure why. Uh, maybe it's just the consequences of living in a fallen or a broken world. Not, not all of life is that clear-cut or easily understandable. Sometimes a storm can have multiple causes. Uh, sometimes there are unknown influences. Life can be complex at times. Wouldn't it be good if a storm came and there's a little label that says, from God, <laughs> from the enemy, your fault, <laughs> their fault. <laughs> it's not that clear-cut. Um, and sometimes it actually can be confusing to go, what is going on in my life? About three years ago, uh, Nicole and I went through what I'd call a perfect storm. <laughs> a perfect storm. It was a season in our life where everything was just coming at us. It was a bigger and, and more fierce storm than we'd ever experienced before. And it was totally beyond our ability to control or to navigate. There, there were headwinds blowing at us from multiple directions. It was hard to know, is that God? Is that the enemy? Is that us? Is that other people? Uh, stuff was coming at us from many directions. Everything seemed to be shaking. And we felt like we were in a spin of ginormous proportions. And as, as I was preparing this message just this last week, I was looking back through my journal three years ago uh, and just kind of reading what it felt like during that Time, which for us was a perfect storm. And uh, I often use my journal to kind of get some feelings out. I find it a little bit ther therapeutic just to, to kind of verbalize what, what I'm feeling. And uh, I've done a little bit of amateur poetry, keyword amateur, secondary word poetry. <laughs> and so around that time, I, I wrote this poem called Stormy Winds. And I thought I'd just, just share it with you today. And uh, maybe some of you here will identify with the emotion in this uh, simple poem, Stormy Winds. I set out to sea so long ago. Visions of exciting worlds. A strong vessel, weather proven. A strong and energetic heart. Fellow sailors and travelers too. A map and a compass. Learning the ropes. The thrill of adventure in my bones. Oh, the joy of catching the wind, carried along by an invisible force, momentum and power. Watch out, world, here we come. Some rough seas along the way, swirling winds, rainy days. Be strong, conquer fear, stay the course, this will pass. Sunny days, warm delight, feel the Father's love like a shining light from up above. Dark nights, too, hard to see ahead, led by distant stars waiting for sunrise again. Then the storms, wind, rain, and hail, thunder and lightning with a whip in their tail. Crashing waves, breaking wood, fearful companions, will we survive? Then peace and calm. A new day dawns. Faithful God, hope is reborn. Now the perfect storm, a trifecta of winds from every direction. Is this the end? Seems like no way out. 
abandoned ship or crashed the reef. No idea what to do. Feeling weary and down, one storm too many. Weather-beaten and afraid, not sure what's ahead. Is there a light? Is there a word? Can peace conquer this storm? God, I'm really not sure. At the mercy of the winds, trying to stay the course, yet afraid of the deep, can I hold on much longer? Only God knows. Stormy winds. The good news is we, we survived. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> And it's, I found it a little emotional just looking back and going, wow, three years ago, that's what life was like for us. And not only have we survived that perfect storm in our life with all of its complexities, but we are in a season now where we have an incredible sense of calm and gentle waves of peace and joy. Yet back then, I honestly wasn't sure if we would make it through that storm alive. And I share that today because maybe, maybe there's some of you in this room that you go, that's me now. <laughs> I'm in the midst of a perfect storm. Maybe not one of those three or others, but a perfect storm where you actually wonder, am I going to make it through? And this very, very simple message tonight, Nahum 1 verse 3, memorize it. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. Don't know where your storm came from. Don't know what the causes, factors are. We can use our discernment. We can learn from the stories of the Bible. But ultimately, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. So how's the weather of your life right now? How's the weather? Um, God can actually speak to us in our storms. Anyone read the book of Job? You know, Job went through a lot of stuff and uh, he had a lot of questions. In the end, how many know he never got answers to his questions? Uh, he didn't find out why stuff happened. What's interesting is when God did speak to him, guess where God spoke to him from? From the whirlwind. Interesting. God can speak to us in our storms, in our whirlwinds. And so as we... Just pause now and apply this to our life. Uh, look back. Ha have there been some storms that you've been through in your life? Maybe today's message could give you some understanding to kind of rethink. Because it's actually good to examine your life. <laughs> See, experience is not the greatest teacher. It's experience that you reflect on that becomes insight that then teaches you. How many know some people just go through experiences over and over and over and over and over again? <laughs> Don't just be full of experience. Reflect on your experience and go, what did I learn? What was God doing then? What was the enemy doing? What, what, if I did that again, what would I do differently? It's only as you reflect on your life that you turn it into insider wisdom so you actually grow and learn. Are you with me? So as you apply this message, as you look back on your life, what, what, what storms have you been through? And what did you learn? What was God doing? What was the enemy doing? What would you do differently if you had to face that all over again? Are there some storms on the horizon for you right now? As you look at the future that maybe you need to prepare for. Most importantly, are there any storms in your life right now? And what could God be up to in that storm?
is the enemy at work? What part have you played? What other factors may have influenced that? God is still Lord of the storms. And he works together through all things for our ultimate good. And he will bring you through that storm. I wish it was around. I wish it was under and over. But sometimes God brings us through the storm, through to the other side. And so if there's a storm today stopping you from doing God's will then we have authority to rebuke and to resist the enemy, and we can know God's peace in our life. If you're in a storm because you've been heading the wrong direction, maybe tonight I'm here and God's using this message to, like Jonah, get you to stop and to turn around and get back on track and see that storm become a place of victory and blessing and of peace. Or maybe you're in a storm of your own making, as we talked about. Uh, ask for God's mercy. Uh, make some decisions today that will see you move in the right direction in the journey of your life. Everyone said amen. amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.